0: Hey. Do you like drugs? Do you like legal drugs? You're going to like this episode then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's too much science in this. Uh, prepared to get bored? Before I get too far into this, let's just go ahead and get the, uh, what is it? Too long didn't listen, I guess. Uh, let's get that out of the way. This entire thing is going to be about the people who criticize other people for taking antidepressants because of big pharma. Um, I don't know why that random goat sound came out, but it did. So this whole thing's going to be about that. It's going to, there's going to be some science in there although it's layman science, I get it, I'm not I'm not a scientist, I'm kind of an idiot. Um, and how, basically, cannabis doesn't fix everything. Um, hate to be the bearer of bad news, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's what this is going to be about. So, feel free to skip it if you're not interested in any of that kind of crap. So, first off, the antidepressants thing. Look, there's this notion of antidepressants being part of this big pharma conspiracy to destroy your brain. I know that sounds ridiculous because it is. It it's absolutely ridiculous. The prevailing thought among a lot of people who hate the idea of people taking antidepressants is that we don't know what antidepressants do. They're like, well, but they don't even, doctors don't even know what the hell they do, when they make you into a zombie, they turn you into a zombie, you don't got no feelings about you, it's like, man, All right. first of all, little backstory, a long time ago when SSRIs were developed, they were sort of looking at them as a serotonin agonist in a way, that was the idea, was to give you a pill, raise the serotonin, because at the time, the idea was that serotonin, being the primary quote, happy chemical, that most affective disorders like anxiety disorders, major depression, things like that, were all related to uh, a lower than normal amount of serotonin. I mean, we understand that that's not entirely true now, but that's what they thought. So they wanted to develop a medication that would work as a serotonin agonist. So... They give people the they, you know they go through the clinical trials they give people the medication and they're a little confused because you would think that you give them a medication that is a serotonin agonist and they would immediately start to feel happy after the medication had metabolized during the normal process of you know what what thirty to forty five minutes or so and it didn't happen instead the clinical trial ran on and they realized after about six weeks roughly the uh, the the people that were in this study were actually starting to feel some effects of it. And they didn't really understand why. Because, again, the idea was you take a pill, raise your serotonin, we were having a good time, and that didn't happen. But it did work. It just didn't work in the way that they thought it would. Now, you fast forward quite a bit, they realize that serotonin is not. The only one that's responsible for sort of healthy or happy emotions or whatever, there's norepinephrine and, you know, a host of others, there's dopamine and whatever. So, um, it seems like lately they've kind of developed a new thing. I think this has already been tested and it's been proven that the way that antidepressants work isn't by just boosting serotonin. It works by creating, A sort of artificial, I don't know if it's artificial, but um, neurogenesis. Now, if you know what neurogenesis is, then you're going, oh, that's kind of cool, or I don't give a shit. Or, if you don't know, it's fascinating. It, It creates new neurons in the brain, which is, it's a good thing. That's actually supposed to happen. You remember a long time ago, people said, oh, if you smoke pot, it kills your brain cells and never grow back. Bullshit. Come to find out, neurogenesis does happen, Brain cells grow back, new neurons grow back, everything kind of returns to normal. Now, in certain types of mental disorders like uh, OCD, for instance, or PTSD, ADHD, certain types of anxiety disorders and major depressive disorders, there are physiological changes within the brain that cause them to not function quite as properly as they should. So taking medications that sort of sort of pushes along neurogenesis is actually extremely beneficial because that creates more places for some of these chemicals to bind to and circulate throughout the brain, which makes the person uh, a little more normal. Okay. And, and I know normal subjective, here. let's not get into you know philosophy here, but so when people say, well, it turns you into a zombie. No, actually it, it doesn't. It regulates things in the brain. It causes neurogenesis, which gives your brain the opportunity to process the chemicals that are already circulating throughout your body, and actually allows them to metabolize them and utilize them the way that your brain was meant to to actually use them. So, and, and besides that, like from my own personal experience, you want to talk about being a zombie? Um, spend about three years being depersonalized to the point where you don't want to leave the house and you don't feel like doing anything. That's a zombie. Um, it took me about six to eight weeks on Lexpro, personal shit I know, but it took me about six to eight weeks on uh, Lexpro before I started to feel human again. And let me tell you, that was uh, it's a pretty amazing feeling, especially when you know how you used to be. I mean, I used to wake up every day with the enthusiasm of a freaking toddler. Like I was like, oh my God, there's so much stuff to do. Everything's shiny. Wee! I'm having fun. But once the anxiety disorder got completely out of control that went out the window. I'd wake, I would just, I'd wake up every day and go, mm, you know what? I kind of just want to go back to sleep. I don't really want to face anything because I know I'm going to panic. I know. Anyway, this is all too personal, but so this idea that antidepressants are poison. Oh, uh, guys, like... The idea that they're poison, the idea that it turns you into a zombie, that it's some big pharma conspiracy and all this other kind of stuff, look, cut it out, okay? Cut, Because chances are some of the people that believe that, that this is some big pharma conspiracy are the same people that believe that if you take a crystal and shove it up your ass and eat a dandelion, then all the bad spirits will go away and you'll feel better, okay? So, look, man, everybody has their own their own ways of coping science science actually does help now think back to several generations ago now it as i've already made it abundantly clear i have an anxiety disorder i've had it my entire life i'm not ashamed of it it is what it is it sucks when it's in remission i feel normal so it's fine but several generations ago if i had been alive like 100 years ago or something like that me having just an anxiety disorder which I, I, I say just an anxiety disorder because like comparatively it's pretty low on the scale of of mental illness okay so they would have locked me in a room and fried my brain and then stuck me like beside a window where I would just stare out aimlessly and drool all over the place until it was time to eat that's how they treated people so you want to talk about big pharma being a horrible mess. Okay. Yeah. Big pharma does some screwed up stuff. Like, and that's what happens when you have medications where there's say only where, you know, there's only one, there's no generic and they can control the prices of it. And that's how capitalism is to a degree. And some people take total advantage of it and they exploit people because they're evil human beings. However, science is not evil. Okay. Um, sticking people in a room, frying the brain, sticking them by a window a hundred years ago or so. That's pretty horrible. Science has come a long way now. So instead of me like drooling while staring at squirrels out the window, I can take a medication and I can wake up and I can do dumb shit like I'm doing right now. Like I can actually function. I'm not a hundred percent perfect. I'm not a hundred percent normal. I don't know anybody who is, but I'm functional. And that's what matters. So people trying to dissuade other people from taking medications that could potentially help them by utilizing some strange conspiracy is just horribly detrimental to the other person. If you take away somebody who is already at the end of their rope, if you take away some of their options that are potential treatment and that could potentially help them, then you're harming them. You're not helping them. Your advice is not helpful. It's harmful. Shut the hell up. Okay? Like... Just like that guy on Reddit. It's like his advice was meaningless. He was just typing words out. It meant absolutely nothing. He would have done so much better if he had just walked outside and picked up a rock and beat himself over the head until he fell asleep. That's the equivalent of what he did. It was just that stupid. And he would have been better off doing that because at least then he would have only affected himself and not somebody else. Medications aren't the devil. They're not. You know, there are people who have, say, thyroid disorders. They have to take medicine in order to maintain a normal thyroid function. That's how medicine works. And it's good because it keeps us alive longer. It keeps us healthier longer. It keeps us happier longer. That's what it's for. And there are people with blood pressure issues. Same thing. Diabetes, same thing. There are. There's an innumerable amount of options. Um... And yet, for some reason, there's this stigma about taking antidepressants from some people who believe that it just severely alters your brain chemistry and turns you into a total monster, and that is the exact opposite. I, I wish that people who really felt that way would just take out their device, the one that they're using to sit and tell people that they shouldn't take stuff, and just open their little browser and Google antidepressants neurogenesis and then read through some NIH studies, some scientific literature about how that process works. It's fascinating. And then after they've read it, if they can comprehend it properly and, and they understand it and everything's great, then maybe they'll realize, well, all right, maybe they're not that big of a deal. And besides that, is it really any of your business and who really cares? If somebody else is happier and they are able to function like a normal human being, then why is it any of your business that they take medication? I mean, that is literally the equivalent of somebody looking at somebody else who takes medicine for, say, diabetes and going, you know what? If you just get out and jog a little bit and stop eating junk food, then you wouldn't need to take the medicine. None of your business. None of your business. Like It's not. So shut the hell up. It's it's infuriating. It really is because there are so many people who, who really struggle. And not only are they struggling with their internal demons... But then they have to struggle with outside people telling them that they're taking poison. And this is the part where I'm going to sort of transition into another portion about cannabis. And I know people are going to get pissed about this and I don't really care. Like there's going to be a little bit of an explanation beforehand. Y'all ain't going to like this though. And now here comes the part where everybody hates me. Look, cannabis is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful plant. It can help a whole lot of things. But it is not the answer to everything. So please, for the love of God, stop suggesting it for everything. Please. 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 We get... like you enjoy it and that's cool we get it like and and I'm glad that it makes you happy I'm glad that you guys like it whoever you are like I'm glad that you've had a lot of fun with it and whatever but you don't see that type of attitude from people who say do heroin you know they don't get on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and go you know what yeah look I know you've got migraines hear me out bro if you did heroin, you would never get a migraine again. Like you don't see that. And it's probably because people who are like super addicted to heroin don't really have time to get on Twitter, I guess. I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't really deal with a lot of junkies, but okay, so yes, I get it. Cannabis is extremely helpful for a whole lot of things. There's a massive list of things that cannabis does help. Now, with the legalization of cannabis, we now have the ability to, I say we, I mean scientists and researchers, they have the ability to research what it does to the body, how it works, how beneficial it is, and also how it could potentially be detrimental. And that's one thing that a lot of like the cannabis culture folks don't really want to hear is that there might actually be negative consequences involved with using cannabis. In particular, recently the DSM has added cannabis withdrawal syndrome to um, to the DSM. It's newly added, and there's a criteria for it. And there have been numerous studies demonstrating that there is, in fact, a sort of withdrawal syndrome. From and, and syndrome is just a series of symptoms. It doesn't necessarily mean addiction. It doesn't mean you know. Whatever people are gonna, I know people. Are, weed isn't addictive. What the hell? And they're gonna go back to like half baked. Where the guys like, you ever sucked dick for weed? You know, like no. We get that. It's not. However, abrupt cessation of chronic cannabis use can actually produce symptoms similar to withdrawal, um, and the withdrawal symptoms are similar to that of like nicotine withdrawal or heavy caffeine withdrawal, things like that, which doesn't sound all that severe, but Yes, it actually is a thing. So while it does help a lot of things, there's also the other side of the coin with it, guys. Like we like and I get it. It's a lot of fun, it makes you feel better and and, and all these other wonderful things, but so there are a lot of people that I know who have experienced and they don't talk about it. They don't people don't really talk about it because Nobody's going to believe them. But when they stopped smoking every day, when they were smoking consistently every day and they stopped, they felt like garbage and they didn't know why. Um, And the idea was, well, maybe I felt this way before I started smoking. And, you know, maybe I'm just sort of feeling like a normal human being again and this sucks. Maybe I'll just start again. Come to find out actually what's happening is um and this is scientific research feel free to fact check if you like to if you feel like it i don't really uh don't really care um so what happens is is that when your brain receives cannabinoids consistently um they don't metabolize as quickly as some other types of medication and those of you who have ever had to take a piss tra- test for a job or something like that you know exactly what I'm talking about because it just hangs on for a while so it also binds the receptors for a little while longer so you have like cb1 cb2 receptors and things like that cannabinoids go to them they bind to them your brain processes them yay you feel happy you're hungry and whatever television show you're watching is the most amazing thing that you've ever seen in your entire life however at some point when you continue to use um, for too long you develop a tolerance everybody's hit that wall before, that tolerance wall. If you keep going when you've reached that tolerance where you just can't get high anymore, eventually your brain says, well, here's the thing, we have too much. So we're going to start shutting down some of these receptors because we don't need all of this. And that's kind of bad because your body already has these natural endocannabinoids and those natural endocannabinoids also have to bind to those receptors that are now flooded with sort of external cannabinoids. So that's what happens when people talk about withdrawal. Once they stop, Um, once whatever's left of those cannabinoids that have been processed, that have been taken in externally, have been metabolized by the brain, the receptors are shut off. So your natural endocannabinoids cannot function and cannot bind because those receptors are gone. So it takes I think the process starts after a couple of days, and it could take upwards of a month or longer for those receptors to start functioning properly again and That's why people deal with some of these withdrawal symptoms now they're not huge symptoms they're not like they're not like barfing up like bile and like crapping blood or anything you know it's not like it's nothing like opiate withdrawals or benzodiazepine withdrawals or anything like that, but there are symptoms, and a lot of them are things like extremely vivid dreams because of REM suppression. Um, Then you have REM suppression due to cannabis use while using it, excuse me, Um, insomnia, which Kind of sucks um, exacerbation of anxiety or new anxiety uh, depression basically any type of mood issue like mood swings things like that loss of appetite I mean any number of things some people develop like strange things like restless leg or whatever and in some people it goes away after a couple of days maybe a week two weeks some people it drags on for about ninety days so the only thing that I ask for out of these people who are really hardcore cannabis people is like at least be objective about it like it, it's not a cure-all it's i'm not i'm not even here like to dog it i think it's i think it's a wonderful thing but it's not a cure-all for everything it's not the answer to every problem like to me like people who say well if you feel like crap or if you have an anxiety disorder or if you're depressed or if you have this or if you have that just smoke weed you'll be fine that That's no different than those people who are like, you know what, like, what you need to do is you need to cleanse your aura and stick a crystal up your butthole and eat a dandelion and go run around naked in the forest and that'll make you feel better. Because it's like, dude, it might make you feel weird to run around with something up your butt naked in the woods after you've eaten a flower. It, it might take your mind off of whatever's going on, but it's probably a temporary fix and it's not a long-term solution cannabis also is not a long-term solution in a lot of cases it's a temporary thing and it doesn't cure everything and I know a lot of people are probably going to say well it's not supposed to be a cure for everything and everything in moderation blah 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 but there's something about some of the people within like the cannabis culture who firmly believe that every question can be answered with weed like it's fun man like we, we all get it, we we get it, it is fun, there are a lot of people, that's why, that's why there are tons of bars all over the country, and all over the world, because, you know, having some alcohol is fun, that's why, you know, there are a lot of recreational drugs, is because it's fun, but, you know, you, everything in moderation, and, you know, please, again, like, realize it's not a cure-all for everything, like, we love you, and we love that you love your weed, but, but come on, man, like, just, just, um, just enjoy it, enjoy your weed, but, man, you gotta calm down a little bit, to calm down just a little bit.